If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everybody, to the palindromatic episode 484 of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. What's happening? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always. Hi, Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello, hello. Brandon Tyrell over there. Hello, hello, hello. We were we were discussing <laughs> our uh, everybody's sort of quarantine look before we got on the air, and and uh, Brandon, I I think everyone in the audience will agree. We all kind of came to the consensus. You've got that. You've got that Batman Begins era Christian Bale, like you know, while he's out studying <laughs> with yeah. Liam Neeson. Like that's the that's the cool rugged guy look you've got going on. I for one like it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to falling in the bottom of a well and then having to scramble my way out before I eventually save the city. So we we well, we need saving. So get to it. Come on. Where's the let's all push you in the well. Let's go. We'll we'll try to speed this up. (laughs) And Cam Hawkins, good to see you, my friend. Uh, Good to see you as well. Uh, are we um, going to get any puppy action on this uh, on this one? You 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 graced us before the we started recording. Is she around? I did, I did but like she started biting at my feet, and I was like, oh. I can't have I can't have you biting at my feet during the recording. So I don't want to I don't want to uh, be a distraction there. So leave yeah, that was alone. Maybe, yeah, maybe next time. I'll, I'll, I'll try, how, we'll try yeah. and make it. We'll try and make it happen next week, where I'm just like, here she is, and then like my fiance will just take <laughs> take the dog away. <laughs> Well, uh, I have a quick good news update on my dog, Daisy, who, as usual now, as soon as the the shade comes down, she's like, I can't look out my window anymore. I'm out of here. So she doesn't hang out for the podcast anymore. But I got good news at her cardiologist yesterday. Her heart's a little smaller, getting back down to where closer to where it needs to be. And the fluid has moved out of her lungs. So that was uh, that is some good news that I was very much hoping for and that that made me feel really good yesterday so i know i've gotten so many kind tweets from listeners and fans of ign that have uh, been really nice and reached out so i wanted to give that good news update all right uh real quick quick psa again i said this at the top of the show last month but 
we are moving YouTube channels. Uh, we're not moving far. It's going to be uh, an IGN Games YouTube channel, which uh, which you'll be able to join here very soon. Because now, yeah, we're into March, so I I believe I don't want to put an exact date on this in case it changes, but the date I was told is coming up very soon. So as soon as it's official, I will let you know. But um, so the IGN Unlocked YouTube channel will still be there, but it won't be updated anymore, except if you are if you are a subscriber there, uh, if you look at the community tab, we'll put the updates there. But ultimately, we'd, we're hoping to get you to, to come over and subscribe to the new channel where all the games podcasts are going to live. NVC, Beyond, Unlocked, and GameScoop. And uh, we'll have an Unlocked playlist on there if all you care about is Unlocked. That will take care of you in, in that way. So, you know, we're just trying to kind of get everything more under one roof. Not unlike how, for a long time, we had the IGN Games audio podcast feed, where you'd subscribe to that and it would feed you all four of those main games podcasts. So uh, stay tuned for that. We hope you'll help us grow a new channel because all of you guys, uh, we brag amongst ourselves uh, <laughs> that around, around IGN. You guys helped us become the biggest of the four main uh, games YouTube channels. We're Bigger than Unlocked, or bigger than uh, Beyond, rather, and bigger than NVC. And bigger than <laughs> we're Games bigger than ourselves. <laughs> bigger than ourselves. Well, that's the goal. We're going to try and become bigger than ourselves on this new channel. So stay tuned for that. I uh, want to start the show backwards this week, and there's a good reason for it. Uh, we want to celebrate Brandon Tyrell because he crushed all of you in the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge last year. And the reason that we want to start the show and celebrate that is because <laughs> the trophy from last year has finally arrived as Google once again signs me out of my notes in the middle of what I'm doing. I hate that. Here it comes back because I, I need to get make sure I have uh, I give proper credit to our awesome listener, our awesome unlock listener who made this trophy. Again, if you're not familiar, the tradition is a, a listener just has volunteered every year to make a trophy for this tr for this year-long trivia challenge. And every year, the trophy gets more and more amazing. Now, Brandon Tyrell, do you want to mm. show it? Let's let's have yeah. the trophy presentation. Give your acceptance I speech. do. Can I get a full screen? There yeah. it is. Yeah, oh, there we go. Or it was on top of there it. There it is. Okay. Um, here we go. Here's the trophy. It's so Look good. <laughs> it's so good. Wow. That's it's amazing. So Look is at that how good this thing is. Is that like the C-3PO 360 controller? Or is that like a custom-made controller? I, I uh, don't know. I think it's I, all it's, custom. It's, yeah, it's okay. definitely... Well, it's definitely one of the shells that you can buy to put it on. Because okay. you can see... You can see the lines on it. I, I, oh, it's an Xbox One controller. I'm stupid. I thought it was a 360 controller for some reason. And no, it reminded no. me of the 3CPO one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's heavy, man. It's got some <laughs> weight to it. Like, what's, uh, what's on the base there? What's on that plate on the so base? I don't think you're going to be able to see it. Maybe try oh, to unlock, oh, yeah, yeah. Unlock Block unlock. Trivia Champion 2020. 2020, yeah, that's go. awesome. Nice. Yeah. But just look how clean that looks. I mean, it's amazing. I he, it's so I, cool. I think they used epoxy, but it's super clean. Uh, bonus points, my dog absolutely loves it. She won't leave it alone. I've already had to clean <laughs> the controller twice because her nose goop is all over it, but... <laughs> Uh, it's it's really cool. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I first and foremost, I, I need to thank Xbox, right? Uh, for years <laughs> and years, just been my 
my choice of, of, of console and my ecosystem and really my home. Um, shout out to my mom who bought me an Xbox uh, when I was just a wee little babe. And, you know, I just really rode that that wave of momentum all the way through. So um, this is just the beginning. Nowhere to go but up. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, So the the credit for this goes for the trophy, that is Clive Cookson. Clive, amazing work. Clive had reached out to me early last year, pre-pandemic. And unfortunately, it. Long story, it, it was kind of a hassle even getting it shipped because IGN's moving offices and whole thing, but it has found its way finally to Brandon Tyrell, to its rightful owner. If you'd like to add Clive on Xbox Live, because he's clearly a cool guy that you'd want to play video games with, his gamer tag is Clivesaur. C-L-I-V-E-Y-S-A-U-R. That's in dinosaur. Clivesaur, so add him. Clive, thank you so much. That is... Uh, you are upping the bar once again for the Unlock Block Trivia Trophy. And now we've got to get one going. I mean, guys, I don't know so cool. if there's even going to be one for 2021 because to... none of you will get a, a question right except Miranda's one point. <laughs> I'm only I'm only here for like another month. So like I have no stake in this race at all in general. Well, so well, <laughs> I do want to get some questions points. right. Don't say so short, Cam, because really. pretty soon... Summer of Gaming is going to start. I'm going to have That's to true. take a back seat, That's and then true. we're going to need to fill a seat. So oh, just well, I'm, keep I'm the there. momentum up. I'm there. Well, I'm there. Not, not only that, Cam, but no one's getting points. So if you just put a couple points on the board, it might and then just no one gets it right. the whole year at this <laughs> point. I was just saying, no Cam, right. you can still win this game. <laughs> it's entirely <laughs> possible you swoop in through November with like a two-point, you know, right. victory. That's all it's going to take. All right, so let's maybe. Let's, maybe. While we're on the subject, let's go ahead. Again, we're starting. This. If normally you you don't listen to the whole show, well, now you're going to find out what you've been missing, which is the Unlocked Block Trivia Challenge. Every week, an unlocked listener sends in a trivia question, which I select. I mean, I encourage everybody, email these in. Unlocked at IGN.com. Include your question, four multiple choice answers, and note the correct one in your email, and I may choose your question for a future episode. Nick, whose gamer tag is double X. Uh, Laudicinia, if I've got that correct, with another double X on the end, asks the following, which first-person shooter on Xbox 360 featured an achievement titled, My Brother is an Italian Plumber. I know this one. It is an achievement that is known for killing an enemy by stomping on their head. I know this one. nod to Mario here. Uh, Cam looks very excited. (laughs) I know this one. I I think Cam might know it. I I know this one. Sweet. super excited. Wow. So, again, which game? I am 100% confident. Which 360 game has the has the very has the clear nod to Super Mario in the in the achievement titled My Brother is an Italian plumber, plumber earned from stomping on an enemy's head and killing them? Is it Halo 3? Is it Bulletstorm? Is it Borderlands or is it Crisis 3? So I'm going to go to Cam last since he seems okay. so confident and I will I go it. to Brandon Tyrell first. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to put my straight face on so so if he if one of you two get it right I don't. Yeah. Sh- I don't show. So yeah, get that poker face ready. <laughs> I don't get that poker f- face. I don't need a full screen for this board, but get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you, this isn't going to be that interesting. I'm going to have to deduce here, and but hopefully the the statue will help me. Um, Handle the power of the statue. Wow. The power okay. of the trophy. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say uh, it seems kind of irreverent. I'm going to go see Borderlands. All right, Miranda. The Bulletstorm? 
Be so, for bullets and storms. So, since and all right, heat? so and then before I go to so, Cam, I would say for me, I didn't know this. I would yes. narrow this to two based on the again the kind of that you mentioned the irreverence. Like yeah, I, for me, yeah. this would be between Bullet Storm and Borderlands. Me too. Um, yeah, but I don't know what it is. But Cam, you do. Which is it? The correct answer is C, Borderlands. That Woo! is correct. So we've got some, finally got some points on the board. We now have a three-way tie. Let me update the scoreboard here. Back, baby. Before we move on with the rest of the podcast, we've got Miranda with one. We've got Brandon with one. And we we've did. got Cam so, with one. I was most unfamiliar with the, the mechanics of Bulletstorm and Borderlands, and they both seemed like, I know that they have a specific aesthetic. And I was like, well, it, it's probably one of those, right? Yeah, no, Bulletstorm and... definitely, like, fits that description, because you just yeah. basically execute people and kick people and stuff. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and then Borderlands, I played all of two hours of before I was like, this is not for me. And then, <laughs> I hate uh, Borderlands. Tales from kinda... Borderlands, though. That's different. I like that one. It kind of shook me up, well. because I know the Halo series has always had, like, cool Easter eggs, and some of them are very funnily titled. Uh, even the level design is title, like holding the holding a gun to the head of the universe from Halo CE is right. probably my favorite level name of all time. Um, but yeah, we came through in the end. We did it. And and the good news is, is everyone is now in first place. So I'm proud yes. of you guys. <laughs> so again, keep I'm those not. keep those trivia questions coming. Unlocked at IGN dot com. All right, let's get going with the news proper. Some of you out there are going, come on, let's go. What's going on this week? Talk about it. Let's let's do this. All right, we will. And the first item up for bids here on The Price is Right is Aliens Fireteam. Uh, yes, a new Aliens <laughs> third-person shooter, three-player, <laughs> co-op, PvE, uh, survival game. It takes place over a sort of Left 4 Dead-esque four-campaign uh, story arc. We've got the, if you're watching on video, the announcement trailer here. Uh, in short, I think if you like Left 4 Dead or if you're looking forward to Back for Blood, which of course is itself Left 4 Dead, just without Left 4 Dead's name on it, even made by the same developers, this game is probably going to be for you. Uh, Miranda, you're a super fan of of Dota. Did your did your Valve fandom extend to, to Left 4 Dead? And is is this gonna be too spooky for, for Miranda with the face huggers and the and the xenomorphs? Or are you gonna get into this? Though I miss the Left 4 Dead train mostly, oh. like that's yeah, I know it's sad. I, <laughs> I kind of bug people, but like, hey, can we play this? And sometimes we do actually go back and play old games. Anyway, uh, this this game is not for me. Although you do have power to shoot the Xenomorphs, which is great. Um, I personally have a big problem with the alien aliens. Just yeah, just very scary guys. No. <laughs> just, these, these are so I what have. I, I usually don't mind if I can shoot the aliens or befriend them or whatever it may be, marry them. Sure, I'm down for it usually. But with Xenomorph specifically, they're just ugh, they're so creepy. I like, <laughs> I like things with tails generally. I do not like these ones. So these um, tails. I don't think this is something I'd want to spend my time with because I'm sure they will find a way to make it. Spooky All right. Well, at some it's points. it's a three player game. So let's see. Maybe Brandon, Cam, and I can play. Yes, Miranda's there you out. go. Cam, are the face huggers too spidery for you? Uh, no. I think that's fine. I think okay. that's fine. I I haven't seen anything. Yeah. No. Nope. No You're issues good. there. I, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to. Uh, like, I mean, this looks interesting for sure. Uh, it's 
you kind of said it's just like kind of like back for blood which you know i played the alpha back on pc a few months ago and i was like super impressed by that like i was just like this game's coming out in june and this already feels like this is almost ready to go like um right. back so, for blood you're talking about back now. for blood i'm talking yeah. about yes um and uh so i i am really looking forward to definitely hopping in on that but like if you and brandon want to hop in on alien fire teams like I- i'm down to give it a shot I- i'm kind of i'm a little bit hesitant on like how things are going to turn out with that just because like previous alien games like granted different developers and things yeah. like that but it's just kind of one of those things where like oh colonial marines was a disaster and then like isolation like originally kind of you know was very divisive and like throughout time has gotten more of an like more of a praise i feel like um that this is kind of like we'll see you know yeah yeah uh so cold iron studios is the developer here they're based not far out of, down in san jose and the game is due out in the summer it's coming out on pc of course but also yes xbox one and xbox series x so this is going to be something fun to throw at your new xbox in the summer uh brandon tyrell are you in on this with me yeah yeah um <clears throat> It looks fun. I, I'm a fan of like swarm shooters, I guess you could call them. You yeah. Know, um, horde gameplay kind of stuff. Uh, I, I think the alien brand works better when it's it's spookier. And I know I sound like a hypocrite because I don't like spooky games, but um, <laughs> I, I think the alien brand works best when like you don't see it coming, right? I think it's better in an alien isolation than it is in a colonial Marines. But having said that, you know, aliens, I personally enjoy better than or more than aliens. So, um i'm 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 hopeful that this is really cool i would love to see some like (laughs) nods some nods to like the original characters and all that and and for context i i haven't actually had time this morning to digest all the news so i don't know exactly what's in this game but um it's definitely something i'm interested in well it's an aliens game so it digests you (laughs) (laughs) have you guys seen the xenomorph in fortnite no that's i've seen it yeah but that's like Geiger would be rolling over in his grave, I would think. I don't know if, if HR is oh still goodness. alive or not. But. It was, so I think that's the one time where I found the Xenomorph not intimidating when it was doing all the dance. Someone would just posted a real bunch of dances, and I was like, all right, I could be okay oh. with this. Yeah, uh, Xenomorph yeah, so, flossing is not necessarily inducing. The, uh, the reaction I've been seeing on my feed from, from Aliens Fireteam so far has been really positive. People seem like, excited in this kind of aliens game and i'm very happy to say this is going to be our ign first game for march so our the announcement that went out wide today uh, obviously happened today is tuesday when we record thursday our exclusive coverage kicks off i got to play this so i uh, will show it to you in a long-form gameplay video on thursday and then we'll have a lot more coverage as march rolls along so stay tuned for that Next month, uh, next up, I should say, is is uh, our friend, friend of the podcast and Xbox's marketing boss, Aaron Greenberg, has responded to whispers of an Xbox event this month. We obviously, we had a Nintendo Direct, then we had a Sony State of Play. So is Microsoft going to do anything? Well, DualShockers, Cam, your former uh, home over there, your friends at DualShockers seem to think so. And Aaron Greenberg took to Twitter to lower expectations a little bit. He tweeted, just to set expectations, this, meaning the event, is not happening. There are always things we have in the works, but nothing coming soon that would feature game announcements or world premieres like this. 
So uh, do you guys believe him at this point? What What do you say? Uh, let me go. Uh, let me go. Cam's way first. Uh, I think I think he's telling the truth. You know, like with how people reacted to the Nintendo Direct a few like last week or two weeks ago, and uh, Sony State of Play. I, I feel like Microsoft now is in this position where they can be like, just fully transparent. Don't you know? Don't get your don't get super excited for things that aren't happening, especially for such an anticipated game like Elden Ring. Like, yeah, that's you know, what you're this not going to response to. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to want to say like, hey, this, you know, you don't want to see that coming up and say nothing because then people are, are going to like, oh, it's true. It's true. It's right. happening. And, and, and then and then nothing happens. And they're like, we're, and then they get mad at Microsoft. So so this is definitely the right call. I'm I'm glad he said something because, yeah, that could have ended up being very uh, problematic. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Or, Miranda, is he just being smart and then downplaying everything (laughs) so that it is going to happen and then we'll all be happy and not disappointed? I think the this was specifically maybe just Elden Ring. And because he did double out specifically on world premieres and game reveals, like announcements. So I think 
Maybe there could still be a small event. I mean, honestly, we're we're three months out from June, so and I I anticipate that they'll probably do something around the E three timing, just like last year. Yeah. Um, and just like I think everyone else is probably gonna have that as well, just to kind of keep that normal cadence of like summer excitement. And I think that's that's always great to have. Uh, so if that is still gonna happen, I could see them maybe making some sort of small update video, um, sort of in line with Nintendo and Sony. It's time. Uh, as much as I would love to see some more of Elden Ring, and I know there's a small faction of the internet out there that's just like ravenous for anything with Elden Ring. I don't know. I, sometimes I check in on their forums. I'm like, oh, you poor sweeties. Hang in there. I don't know. It's just, it's really sweet to see how, how much they dig for Elden Ring. Uh, but thankful, just glad that they confirmed, like, this is, this is not it. Please don't. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, how did, how did we bad. get here with Elden Ring? A game that's, I'm not saying it's not, the hype's not justified, but like it's kind of what, it's, it was announced and I think we've literally not seen anything but an announcement trailer. It's just from software plus uh, George R.R. R. Martin and, and it's just, it's ravenous, the, the anticipation for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to look at the community, right? And, and I'm part of that community. I love Soulsborne games. Um, reviewed probably the line share of them for IGN and there's something about them um when it comes to the lore and the storytelling it's very I, I think it's even born out of the no pun intended um I think it's even born out of the game design right where everything is so cryptic and everything is so hidden from plain view that you're searching for it that it has created this culture of like over analysis and digging and hunting for information um, to the point where it is now at a fever pitch with Elden Ring because <clears throat> kudos to you know Bandai they they did take a um, did take a page out of Sony's playbook which is announce the game several years before you're going to see it and sort of let the audience dictate the hype. <clears throat> so right. uh, we're at a point now where it's critical mass. I think <laughs> um, I would be surprised if we don't hear more news from them this year, specific or in yeah. general, but specifically in the sort of summer time frame um you know there are reports coming out that it's been delayed due to working from home conditions and um some other things like that that you know is just part of development as well and, and clearly there are leaks here and there but um i think it's it's <clears throat> it may sound silly considering I, I look every time that we plan an event or every time we put a show on i always see the comments elder ring better be on this so they're ready <laughs> they're willing every opportunity um, for a game to be revealed or announced, the Elden Ring community like holds a little bit of hope, and I feel for them. Um, but I don't think that you're going to see it shoehorned into somebody else's showcase. I think that it is going to be a mm. prominent feature of either a first party or maybe Bandai does their own thing, as we've right. seen with Ubisoft Forward and Square and EA. And well, it's it's already doing. It's got the you know marketing alignment with with Microsoft, right? That's yeah. the stage it was on. Yeah, it, so it debuted on first party, yeah. Yeah, so it's likely to show up on Microsoft's uh, you know venue well, of some sort again. Yeah, but like to Cam's point, what he said, I, I totally believe Aaron. Like you're not you're not in the business of disappointing your fans. So especially these days, right? Like we all saw what happened with next the next gen gameplay showcase, and even right. even Ubisoft's one yeah. before that, right? Um, with Assassin's Creed Valhalla in yes. May. So, you know, Xbox has a tradition of doing sort of like quarterly inside Xboxes, or they used to be monthly. I'm not sure if they are anymore. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something prior to E3. Um, you know, the May window is sort of that sweet spot that we've seen them work with before. But um, 
I don't, I don't, <laughs> let me let, figure out how to phrase this. I wouldn't put my expectations on getting any sort of E3 caliber reveal at those events. Those are going to be saved for the main stage, whatever E3 looks like this year. Well, uh, no pressure on Bandai at this point and from software. Like, whatever their next trailer is, it better be really good. They've got so much anticipation built up. I, I, I feel bad. It's a heck of a challenge that they've got before them now. I mean, it's, it's a good, I guess it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a well, good place to I be. I mean, unless it turns, well, right? You, you yeah. always want to sort of make, maintain uh, containment on something like that. So. And, yeah, and there is a there actually is like a snippet of a supposed Elden Ring trailer that uh, is moseying around the internet. I've, I saw it's like seven seconds long. It doesn't really show much, but um, so it seems like that they got something coming soon. Well, I'll finish this by just noting, which I don't mean to give poor Aaron Greenberg a a, a headache here, but he did take to Twitter before the Game Awards to try and just like quash everyone's hype and then they unveiled perfect dark at the game awards so you know maybe a little 4d chess back in, back in action from Aaron. but yes you're right maybe. we should probably take him take him at his word until he starts you know becoming uh the guy who consistently quashes yeah. things ahead of time and then and then they and then they deliver something big so for I, now, I, was, I was thinking about that though like what's what's the advantage of that what's the advantage of like somebody guesses your big reveal rather than just not say anything which is generally how things go you actively deny it and then reveal it later <laughs> Sorry. Is, that, is that advantageous i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I mean, Aaron's figured, paid the big bucks to be the marketing boss at Xbox. The marketing big not. brain. Over yeah. There, yeah. I mean, it gets people hyped, you know, like it's like, oh, it's not coming. And then it and then something comes and you're just like, oh, my God, it's real. <laughs> so, yeah. But at the same point, you're like you're eroding the lines of communication with your community at that point. I think, Right. Like, yeah. If you don't say anything. They go in with high expectations. They see the thing that they want. If you say, no, it's not going to happen. They're squashed and they go into it and are surprised. Is the surprise worth the trauma that you're doing to that relationship? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's kidding. a. I think, yeah, I think we got to get Aaron there. We got to sure. get Aaron in here to to sort of talk us through the psychology of marketing because it's <laughs> I mean, for real. It is fascinating, right? Like these mm -hmm. are real things that yeah. that people like Aaron and his team have to have to gra grapple with all the, all the time. Uh, yeah, all people right, let's, are, people are ahead. paid to like figure out yeah. how other people think. Like that's a job. That's an yeah. awesome job. <laughs> Very true. Let's get to the meat of this week's episode, and that is the Bioware universe right now, because it is it is definitely changing. It is there's a lot going on, uh, even though we probably won't be seeing any releases from Bio any new releases. We of course have Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming up in the not too distant future, but any new games uh, are are far away. But at the same point. No shortage of Bioware news to talk about. I want to start with this one. And Miranda was clapping her hands. I'm not sure if it was for Mass Effect or for Dragon Age or both. But uh, let's, both. we'll start here. Henry Cavill, a.k.a. Geralt, a.k.a. Superman, teased that uh, he might be working on some kind of Mass Effect project, something in the Mass Effect universe. So as you're seeing, if you're watching on video, you're seeing it here. He shared a photo of himself on Instagram uh, with the words secret project or just a handful of paper with random words on it. Guess you'll have to wait to see. Wait and see. Now, 
included the the paper had the words blurred out so that you could read it. However, uh, the website Game Pressure used a there's a program called Focus Magic to remove the blur, and the clearer image reveals words like Cerberus, Talizora, and Geth. Uh, IGN and and we did it ourselves to see you know make sure that game pressure wasn't just pulling everybody's leg and they were not and sure enough they're all there uh, as you can you can see on the screen right now if you're watching on video so what do you guys think this is let me go Miranda's way first what what is this what would he be doing in the Mass Effect universe do you think Garrus please I hope he's another character <laughs> that would be so good please be Garrus oh my gosh he'd be such a good Garrus um, I think a lot of people think he could be Shepard if if they're doing some sort of live action thing. Honestly, what if they were just doing a live action trailer? That could mm. happen. But given how much context there is just on that piece of paper, you don't need all that for for live action trailer, right? Like you don't even know about the complexities with the Geth and with Tally and everybody. Like that's just that's just not even needed. Or even Cerberus. Like that's I would even mention them. Sorry, my cat is just having a day. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's, and, you know, it wouldn't be an unlocked without something oh, from your cat. I'm going to save my cat. Oh, no. Oh, She's no. gone. We All lost right. her. The cat is taking over. The cat is in control of the situation. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> she was climbing on something I had set up. And I was like, what are you doing? I'm uh, so sorry. Cam. So, all right. So, Miranda thinks maybe some sort of live action thing that, that Cavill would actually appear in. Uh, Cam, what are your thoughts on what this Henry Cavill Mass Effect deal might be? I have no idea, but I, I love Henry Cavill. He seems like such a genuinely nice person. He's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, just like me, which is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, hey, now. Hey, now. Um, and uh, I just, I, I really don't know, because we're seeing all these familiar things. So, yeah, it could be something live action. It could be... Um, I don't know. I don't know what it could be, but like, regardless, I'm excited. I, I like, I, I want Henry Cavill to do something in Mass Effect because I love Mass Effect. I think that, like, again, we know that he's a gamer, you know, like, like he loves video games and so PC he builds build. PCs. Oh, yeah, he, he builds video. PCs. Uh, so I think that he will, legit, uh, like, I feel like he definitely uh, is dedicated to the roles that he, that he does, uh, like, you know, for Geralt and in The Witcher and uh, like whatever he gets in Mass Effect, I think he would do a phenomenal job. Um, and I just, I, I, I'm, ex I'm just excited. I can't wait. So, all right. So Miranda thinking live action something. <laughs> Cam yeah, just ex over, just just bursting with excitement. Miranda, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I, I could see them doing just like a one-off short story or something that's just like very promotional and celebration of Mass yeah. Effect. Um, I I could see that if that's where it was a live action thing. Um, that they just wanted to do like a special moment for, but I, I kind of hope it's more. It would be neat, but we haven't heard any rumblings of anything else before, so that would be interesting if this is the way they go about revealing that they're doing a whole live action Mass Effect project. I, Brandon, what do you think here? Uh, I'm I'm the odd man out. I, I'm not big into Mass Effect, so I don't. But Henry Cavill, though. I don't know what. <laughs> not big into Henry Cavill. I, oh no, man! Uh, what? Oh for I, I, two. No. No, no, no. I, I really enjoy Henry Cavill uh, as his portrayal of Geralt. Um, Superman is fine. I've never been a big DC fan, um, or more the, the other side of the aisle on that one. But um, 
I think he's really, really good. And I think uh, in these roles, because he's obviously passionate about it. The dude is a gamer. He just happens to look like a Greek god as well <laughs> and make movies. So <laughs> Brandon knows what's up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's virtual life over there. Yeah. So I think this actually makes a lot of sense. Like he's got clout with the audience that a Mass Effect movie would target. You know, he he has done Geralt. He's he's fully embraced his love of like PC gaming and and like nerddom, right? Painting Warhammer figures. So using that clout as a way to sort of tease, like deep tease some sort of project around Mass Effect is I think very, very smart. Um, As to what it is, like I didn't really understand a whole lot on that page. I know Geth are cyber zombies, something like that. Mostly. Um, So, okay. Let's save we won't the get into it. We won't get into it. We don't need to get into the whole quarry and Geth complexities. We'll just... So, wait, is Garrus yeah. the lizard man? He's not a lizard. He's not. He looks. He looks he's like a, a sniper. Lizard. He's an awesome sniper. Okay, but he's he's got like the lizard esque like features. He's like your best friend. Okay, I'm not asking about his, re- his relationship with you. I'm like physiologically speaking, is he human I'm, or is he? No, different? he's not human. <laughs> no. Okay. I, I bring that up because I think you're insane if you think they're going to cover up Henry Cavill's oh, beautiful no, face with prosthetics. No, please. It'd be so much better. He's No, whoever has to play Garrus has to be hot. You don't understand. Yeah. We don't no, need his, to get into this. No. The species, the, his species already is Turian. He's a Turian. Yes. Uh, like, what is, that doesn't mean anything I, I say, There's a bunch of different like, alien races like, that are in Mass Effect. Like... <laughs> Okay. Let's keep but the our- service level camp. They won't ever understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe okay. someday. After right. this, we'll talk about Kingdom Hearts. But uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. We should do that, too. I mean, no, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, Randa could. Live action <laughs> makes sense with Cavill as Shepard, right? Like, that guy can buzz his head, no problem. Um, no. But I also... That'd be even worse! I also think <laughs> something interesting, though, is uh, we're seeing a lot of, like, animated revivals with Castlevania, yeah. Dragon's Dogma, Dota. Um, what was the other one? Uh, something uh, of the gods, blood of the gods, about the Greek pantheon. I don't know. It just hit Netflix as oh, well. Okay. So we could potentially be seeing, perhaps, you know, a mass, an animated Mass Effect show hit Netflix. There right? has been so, animated Netflix or animated Mass Effect projects before, though. Yeah. So that wouldn't be new. Yeah, That's there he is. Like, yeah. Good boy, There's Garris. no. Oh yeah. I almost dropped an <laughs> f bomb. There's no way <laughs> that Henry Cavill gets into four hours of prosthetics every morning to play. Why not? Bad. Because. Why not? Because why good looking? Batista did it in Guardians, and Gamora did it in Guardians. Tell it's David Batista. Dave Batista. They could could still make him look like Henry Cavill in a way. Yeah, and also (laughs) it's 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 like it's the voice too. Like Garrett, it's it's the voice. It's the The voice voice. and the charm and the muscles. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all the voice and the muscles and the charm. Maybe like if he's voicing a CG version. But I feel like no. throwing a prominent CG character in a live action show is a mistake. So, but I, I feel <laughs> like you guys might be skipping over the most obvious and like lowest hanging fruit here. And that is, He's he might just everyone. be narrating the trailer for the official game, like the, the proper game announcement, mm. like the Mass Effect 4 or whatever mm. it's actually going to be called. The trailer. I mean, you know, they had. And Martin Sheen was, of course, the the main antagonist throughout the the uh, well two and three. Um, so he, I mean, he might just be narrating a trailer, or uh, he might be 
I think Miranda might have mentioned this one. Maybe he's Shepard, or you know, the new hero. That's probably not Shepard, but uh, the new hero in the game in in Mass Effect Four. That'd be so, huge. <laughs> you guys, well, yeah, yeah. I love that you guys are going going nuts with like Netflix Crap. show and movie and live action thing. But I would imagine this is just Ooh. something for the game. Crap, that, what that if, makes I feel like. Actually. What if he's <laughs> sorry? Go ahead, go ahead, Cam. I was saying, I feel like, and I was going to talk about this too. Uh, I meant to mention this, like when it comes to if there's live action things, like I feel like that if they're for the game specifically, if he were to be voicing the new character, uh, the shepherd role, uh, they would need someone I think equally as like famous uh, for the female Shep, because I, I I feel like just through my circles and I'm a, I'm a male Shep player, but like everyone I like that I talk to is like, Oh, I'm fem Shep. I feel like fem Shep is like, <laughs> the big like is is more popular and that might just be through my own social circles um that like even if uh there was a movie i would like i feel like that they would go with fem shep as like the the main character not male shep if it was okay. live action and then okay. when when it comes to the game i feel like okay if, if the male if there's gonna be uh if henry cavill's gonna be like the male character we need someone equally as big for the female character because i i know a lot of people going into mass effect 4 if that is going to be an option which i i'm assuming there will be yeah you know, a lot of people are going to be playing the, the female version. All right, Cameron. So you cast Femshep, somebody equally as big, equally as every man as Henry Cavill. I mean, I use the term every man very loosely there, but who, who's, who's Femshep? You're just going to put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I can't like like I can't think of people now. Uh, <laughs> let me get back. Let's we're we're talking about a bunch of Bioware. Let's get. Uh, let me think. Yeah. Let me think. Okay. What we're talking. All right, we'll come back. Scarlett uh, Johansson. I, so that was my first thought, but I think that's the Black <gasps> Widow Association. See, uh, my immediate first thought was just based off of like kind of performance, and I don't know. I like I I I just see her voice matching that kind of role. But I know, like, I feel like a lot of people just like don't really like her. Is or just over time, it started to like give her a crap for some reason. I don't know why, but like I've seen Jennifer Lawrence. I was getting like that kind of that's a list right there vibe there. Oscar um, winner. Yeah, exactly. Um, could, but they, could they afford that? Could they afford both like two a list? Yeah, for a full Mass Effect game with as many voice lines as there are. You never like, know. I, I, I uh, honestly yeah could. Kind of, I would see if, a good point. if Henry Cavill were doing some sort of role in the next Mass Effect, I think it'd be more of like a crewmate or just like an NPC. Like, I think he would just be doing something on the side that was really cool <laughs> and probably, hopefully, romanceable. He's, well, he's just the super hot mechanics. Like, hey, uh, go ask Henry what's up with, the, with the engine. Henry's mechanic. just like in a, in a, just a tank top. All and like, Listen, it'll be ready, when it's, it'll be ready when it's ready. Bioware knows, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. So um, I, I could see that being the case instead of that. And I think um, as as far as if this were like a live action Mass Effect, it, it is kind of a toss up. It's like, oh, would they do male she Shepherd or female Shepherd? Because I think that is just definitely a very personal thing. Like for me, obviously, I played female Shepherd and that is my Shepherd. But I had a custom character, so I don't associate with like the default characters that they have. It's just like, oh, that is a version of Shepard, not my mm -hmm. Shepard. That's sure. your Shepard, or like to like the publicized one. So I think that's that's going to be that would be a little bit tricky to do, but well, they do it enough for me. Regardless of choosing. of whatever the Sorry. role is, whatever the his, his participation <laughs> yeah. is, what I'm curious of is uh, 
is is he going to just be using his own voice because he's British, or is he going to put on the the American accent a la Superman? So I'll be kind of curious to see which which Henry we get for mm. uh, for whatever this role is. But um, <laughs> yeah, let the, the let the speculation continue. Like, I don't think well, it matters if you watch Star Wars, like the British. The British accent is very all over the place. Just comes you know? and goes. Yeah. I would love to see him be like, "Oi, that's the Reapers in it," you know, <laughs> <laughs> like just something like super cockneyed. Oh, hey, can you say that fantastic? One more time. Uh, all right, no. more Bioware news. Let's keep this going. So, uh, Brandon Tyrell, I think did did you review? No, you didn't. James Duggan, I think, reviewed Anthem. Did you play it? Yeah, I played the hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, so Anthem is going to be dead it is not going to be a thing that is continued <laughs> anthem next is uh you know the, the sort of revival and and ground you know ground up renovation of anthem is not going to continue ea had a basically a meeting with bioware recently which bloomberg jason schreier had reported on and then uh, word came out after that that indeed uh ea will and bioware will instead be utilizing the resources that were being put to use there and instead apply those to Mass Effect 4 and Dragon Age 4. <laughs> so, Brandon, I mean, are, is this... It's certainly understandable from a business perspective, right. um, but, you know, I, I'd love for you to speak to, you know, your experience playing it and, and something that I heard from a lot of people, a lot of IGN fans responding to me when I was tweeting about this, and, and I think they have a, a very valid point is, well, you know... They are. Is it really right of them to just cut bait on this when they promised a live service, continually updated game, and that people paid sixty bucks for? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's a fair question. Uh, I don't know. It has the the answer that fans want. I think deciding to stop development of something that you've already paid for is is like not an easy decision, right? And there's going to be fan backlash, of course. Right. But is that going to be greater than what they've been experiencing for the last two years? Like, right. you know, Anthem, Anthem is not in a good place. Anthem has never really been in a good place, despite the fact that I genuinely think it was one of my favorite games the year that it was released, simply on the back of just how good it felt to play. Um, and then, you know, I, I put probably 40, 50 hours into it, right? Mm -hmm. Running, running different. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the suits, like what they were called, javelins. Javelins, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, running, running different ones, getting everything, uh, you know, leveled up as as best you could. But I ran into the same problem everyone else did, which is I've done these dungeons, these same three or four dungeons ad nauseum, right? And I can't do them anymore. And there's nothing else in the world to do outside of fly around and and shoot down titans. But um, that game, it doesn't change the fact that like the core mechanics of that game are incredible. Like yes. they are legitimately some of the best movement and movement's a big thing for me I, I think you know insomniac you know obviously i've talked at length about sunset overdrive spider-man like when you nail movement it opens up so many possibilities for your game um so while i'm disappointed to see that anthem isn't going to be able to turn the ship or rather ea isn't going to allow them to continue to noodle with anthem and turn the ship around because i legitimately think that there's a game there somewhere yeah. like a good game that can survive I don't think there's a game in there that can compete with Destiny, right? Like that ship has sailed. But um, 
what I'm really excited for is the tech that Bioware has now and, and the, the design know-how and the years they've spent like living inside this game. Can you imagine Mass Effect with some sort of Anthem movement or like Dragon oh, Age with some I'm so sort good. of... I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought up tech because I do want to talk about that in relation to the other things. So uh, th- this was, this project of Anthem Next was being undertaken by Bioware Austin, who's the mm-hmm. studio that had developed and continued to maintain Star Wars The Old Republic. So they'll, they'll now continue to update The Old Republic and then they'll they'll be there to help with Dragon Age and Mass Effect as well. Anthem was done with Frostbite, which is a which is a game engine that's come under a lot of uh, scrutiny, if not ne- sometimes from developers, you know, anonymous developers themselves, and and other times from gamers who you know we've seen we've seen it. Uh, in action in Mass Effect Andromeda, where it did not showcase very well, um, and and in other things where it's you know outside of what Dice themselves has used it for with Battlefield, it has been a, a technology that is uh, you know I mean it, it it's it's undergone some scrutiny. So with with them moving on to Mass Effect and Dragon Age, and EA seemingly loosening the reins on. Let, you know, letting studios have a little more freedom. Uh, I, am, am I crazy in thinking that there's no way that Mass Effect Four or Dragon Age are going to use Frostbite? Oh no God! Idea. Like let's hope, let's hope not. I mean, you know, like because you, what you said, Frostbite is an in-house engine meant for first-person shooters. Yep. That's that's what that engine is for. And so with Anthem, like uh, I agree with a lot of what Brandon said. Like I really enjoyed Anthem from what I played, but there just wasn't a whole lot there. But I really enjoyed the like the the flying. The flying was fantastic, um, and I think that you know I think with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like when when they announced that that was being made on Unreal, I was like, why was this on Unreal? But like all these other games, you're making you know you made them do Frostbite. But I feel like moving forward, I don't know if they announced the engine that Dragon Age Four is going to be. I, made I don't on believe yet. so. No, yeah, we're still waiting. Well, hopefully that's Unreal Four. Um, and or then, Unreal Five, yeah, and, really, or Unreal Five, mm. yeah, Unreal Five. Um, at the very least, Mass Effect. This new Mass Effect. Let's hope that's Unreal Five. That would be uh, really uh, ideal. Um, <clears throat> that I, I don't know. I just I just think that um, I really hope that that's what they're doing moving forward because yeah, Frostbite is just for Battlefield. Great. <laughs> Everything else they make, don't do it. Well, as, yeah, do it. And, as of April of last year. No, April 2019, Dragon Age 4 was confirmed to be in development on Frostbite. Oh, interesting. So it, it is possible that's changed, but maybe yeah. maybe not, you know, because the certainly the, the tech and engine work has to come pretty early in the project. So that'll be interesting. And yeah, Cam, I'm glad you mentioned Ma- uh, Mass Effect and Unreal because the original Mass Effect trilogy was built on Unreal. And that's yep. that's not to say that Mass Effect 4 would be just because... You know, technologically, it's not going to share anything with Unreal 2.5. Uh, and you know, when I saw when I took the demo not too long ago of of Legendary Edition, the remaster, Mac Walters, the project lead, had from Bioware, specifically said, "Yeah, we looked at moving everything over to Unreal 4 for this remaster, but in short, like it just it would have been." like a ton of they would have practically been building the three games again so yeah. um you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to just like pick up from unreal engine 3's code base and go 
Mass Effect Andromeda was on Frostbite, and that's you know that's a previous generation <clears throat> anyway. So yeah, it's uh, I think it's probably it'll be interesting to see whether it's going to be Frostbite for Mass Effect Four or if it could be Unreal. And I'm not sure if <laughs> whenever they do confirm what engine it is, if it's Unreal Five which it would be by that point in time, because Unreal 5's uh, due to go out to developers this year, I would imagine you'd have a lot of people celebrating, not necessarily that it's Unreal 5, but that it's not Frostbite, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> so it is, but... Um... Well, I, I think it's also worth, uh, it's interesting to, to mention that, because I'm not a Dragon Age person, because uh, Spiders, but Dragon Age Inquisition was made on Frostbite, and that was game of the year for a lot of people. So maybe with Dragon Age, it's a different story. They're able to make it work. Um, but with Mass Effect, I, I really, you know, I think we've seen with Mass Effect Andromeda alone. I mean, granted, that game was not ready to ship when it shipped regardless. But I think even with that in mind, there's enough evidence to say like, hey, Mass Effect shouldn't be made on Frostbite. Let's make it on Unreal. It'd be so much better. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, now, on this same subject, just a day after the official cancellation of Anthem Next, Bloomberg reported that Dragon Age 4 will not have multiplayer uh, or be a live service game and instead be a single-player RPG, as it has traditionally always been. According to Bloomberg's report, EA gave BioWare the go-ahead to go ahead and remove all the planned multiplayer and game-as-a-service components from our, so they were building it and they ripped it all out. Uh, to me, it's hilarious that they were even considering turning, trying to turn that into a live service game. I mean, I get it from a business perspective, but boy, I am uh, I'm very glad that EA <laughs> seemed to seem to see the light on that one. Um, Miranda, I mean, is anybody nobody's looking for a massive for a Dragon Age live service game, are they? I don't think so. But I'm curious to see what that would have looked like. Like, what were their plans for that? So my worry is coming back out from Anthem. The problem. So I also really enjoyed what that game had to offer, gameplay wise, as far as like how it felt to play. And I think that was really promising. And I'm super bummed that we don't get to see what that game was going to be. Um, but the problem with Anthem was they didn't know how to marry their campaign with multiplayer. Like, they could not figure out, like, they made two separate games and they said, this is the same experience. And it just really wasn't. And I think that's why so much of the multiplayer stuff felt so barren because, hey, go play these campaign things that are really great, but you have to do it on your own. And we're going to rip you out of these cutscenes. And you're, even if you're in like voice chat with your friends, not going to work. So I, I'm kind of curious to see what they had in mind for Dragon Age 4 if they took kind of their learnings from Anthem to make that better because they very clearly did not know how to put those together in like the same space. Um, and I think you look at Bungie, what they're doing with Destiny, they do it really well. But I would be interested to see if they did a Dragon Age 4 RPG with like a multiplayer side component. Like I think if you look at say GTA or even Red Dead, like those are two different spaces, right? Sure. Like, you still have that massive open world to go explore, do your single player adventure, and then you can go hop in and have a good time in their online offerings. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing to try and do. Um, I think maybe given what we've seen, how Bioware has released its games 
in almost like sort of a rush fashion. It feels like EA isn't necessarily giving them time or whoever it may be is in charge of this is not giving them the, the developers the right time to finish their games or like fully flesh them out. I don't want to say finish, but I think there are things that you could see where there were pivots in direction in their games based on how like mechanics change or presentation of, of missions change. Um, but given all that and knowing how much it takes time it takes to develop two different modes, that's so much work. And maybe it is better for them to just say, hey, we want to just focus on, you know, the bread and butter of Dragon Age, which is doing that campaign. And that makes a lot of sense. Although I will say, I'm certainly curious as to what they would have planned for a multiplayer for that. Because I do like having new experiences within the games that I love. I mean, we talk about it constantly, right? It's like, well, what could Halo be as a horror game? Like, that could be really fun. And I think multiplayer is just another kind of version of that. But getting it right is tough especially i think once you bring in games as a service because then there's the fear of like okay well you're trying to get more money you're trying to get that longevity what does that look like and how do you do it well and so far bioware has not shown us that they can do that but given that they've only had one attempt and we don't get to see their second try at it um it's a bit of a shame but if if this was coming from the dev team saying please kill the multiplayer life service part then you know that's probably for the best well you mentioned i mean uh multiplayer Mass Effect 3 has a very well-liked multiplayer true. mode, but it's completely so separate. And I mean, it technically ties in, but not like you don't ever have to touch it to right. it doesn't take anything away uh, really from the, the single player experience. But you know, I wonder if that's that's the kind of thing that maybe we might see in Mass Effect 4. I really hope Mass Effect 4 will also be a single player RPG. Uh, Brandon, you're a big Dragon Age guy. What what is your reaction to this? I think it's positive. Um, you know, for the record, Dragon Age Inquisition did have a multiplayer suite. Um, it was sort of uh, sort of like you would consider an MMO dungeon. Almost, you start a level with a group and then you run through it. And you get yeah. I kind of forgot so it, about that. Boy, I didn't even remember that either. I, I I think it was fun. I, I actually played quite a I played it quite a bit with a few of my buddies. Um, you know, and it, it was good for what it is. It wasn't trying to like be a main mode i don't think obviously the game the the single player story is why you buy dragon age so um i think miranda's hit the nail on the head that bioware hasn't shown us that they can marry their single player campaigns which is you know i don't think there's anyone that can argue with that is what we know bioware for yeah um with whatever this live uh games service approach is going to be um so we haven't seen them pull it off successfully, so I'm inclined to think that this is a good news situation. However, I will say that I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see what that would look like because, um, you know, if you follow the Anthem script, then obviously, you know, the new Dragon Age is being built on the existing Anthem, and, uh, you know, Anthem had clear plans set out for a game service, which is you go through the campaign, you do all your missions, and then I'm sorry, you do all your dungeons and your, your end game content and then new content drops. But what An where Anthem failed, I guess we didn't really get to the new content, but where Anthem failed is you didn't have enough to keep players invested until the new content arrived, right? Mm -hmm. And if you remember, Destiny had this issue too when it first yeah. dropped. Like the game ended, you got a rifle and they were like, okay, let's go save the universe or whatever they said at the end of that. And that was it. Like you you had a couple of dungeons and um a raid to do until then so it's it's bridging that gap between your your regular cadence of content drops and keeping players invested after the you know the initial story and content is finished um 
you know, like Marina said, we haven't seen Bioware pull that off successfully yet. So I'm, I'm glad that special emphasis will be played to paid to Dragon Age single player. I wouldn't mind a multiplayer mode, and I don't think that removing Dragon Age as a as a games as a service model means that we're not going to get a multiplayer mode because I yeah. genuinely yes. enjoyed it from yes. the position. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we come to Dragon Age for Dragon Age. We come to Bioware for amazing stories set in these universes that we've all come to fall in love with. And if you can treat Dragon Age Four with the sort of you know care and quality that I think we've come to expect from some of Bioware's best stories, I don't think you need it as a games as service. I don't think you need it to be a games as service uh, to serve the audience that's really just serving, you know, whatever your bottom line is. That's my opinion. All right. Good stuff. A lot of Bioware news, but let's stay on the EA topic for one more round here. EA has, uh, if you'll pardon the phrase, shifted Criterion Games off of its current Need for Speed project in order to help the aforementioned DICE with development on the next Battlefield game. Uh, the new Battlefield, which has yet to have its title officially revealed, is expected this fall for PS5 and Series X, and it seems like uh, DICE need a little extra help getting it rolling, according to a new report from Polygon. EA insists that Criterion will return to development of its Need for Speed game next year. Uh, EA Studios boss Laura Miele said that rather than pushing to get the next Need for Speed out this year, at a time uh, when it could be cannibalized a bit by a Codemasters release, of course they just acquired <laughs> Codemasters, Criterion's <laughs> efforts are better suited for working on the next Battlefield at the moment. Uh, so, I, I mean, I can't blame them on this one. You know, I'm sure the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, EA is just to react negatively, but... If you were in that position, you'd probably want to have, you'd want to put all hands on deck for your next, your, not only your next Battlefield, but your first next-gen Battlefield. Uh, Cam, are you, you, you a Battlefield guy? What do you, what do you make of, uh, or does the idea of a next-gen Battlefield excite you? Uh, yeah, I've played some Battlefield. Um, I'm definitely more in the Call of Duty camp, if that uh, makes any sense. But uh, I, I, I've enjoyed what I've played of them. Um, you know, I'm not completely uh blown away i know that they try and go for a more um i feel like they go for a more grounded realistic type experience which is uh great for those that uh are about that and uh you know i yeah this is definitely should be their top priority uh going into this year like it's one of their best-selling titles and like but i'm i'm also curious about uh need for speed because like yeah they're pushing it back because of code masters but then next year like there's gran turismo 7 because uh, I just got delayed into next year. Uh, who knows if the next Forza comes out this year or next year. Good point. Um, so I think no matter what they do, they're kind of in a tough spot for Need for Speed. Granted, like, I don't, like, I'm not super familiar with how well uh, Need for Speed uh, normally sells. But um, I think well. that, oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah, it's been um, big for years. Oh, okay. I, I, th I felt like I kind of teetered off and then... Uh, for like in the past few entries but that's good to know like so that's that's good for them um but yeah like i mean i i'm interested in seeing what the next battlefield game will be because you know they kind of went back to um the uh you know the previous wars like world war one was the last game right in battlefield right. one yeah 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 battlefield yeah. one right was the last one yeah i like i like those i like those you know well, five uh, came thank you producer john borba yes five was more recent I cannot keep these oh, straight. They can't. Okay. They, yeah, they need to yeah. number them better. Four, one, five. 
which <laughs> okay. oh my goodness 415 yeah. is welcome to san francisco that's it's, our area it's an area code, code. yeah <laughs> yeah i like i like um games that focus on on specific wars and stuff like that um more um so hopefully they they do something like that again uh but we'll see i i definitely think that they're making the right call at, in the long run because battlefield is uh more or less like their biggest franchise so yeah good point it really is i mean outside of the the just annual cash cows that are fifa and madden yeah it's their, their yeah. sort of biggest core gaming franchise uh, miranda you are a big time call of duty player how do you where are you with with battlefield and uh and are you getting excited for for the first next gen battlefield i'm really curious because it has been so long since we've had a battlefield so i just want to see what they have uh my dad's actually a battlefield person so it's always at odds. I'm like, come play Call of Duty. He's like, come play Battlefield. And we're like, eh. <laughs> we just don't play together. Um, but I, I am, yeah, excited to see what they have done with the time that they've had without having to do too many releases. So that's mostly what I'm curious about. Sorry for the Need for Speeds fans out there that maybe we're looking forward to whatever was next. Yeah. Yeah, we'll true. But yeah, I, I can't fault uh, EA's logic on this one. You got to... You got plenty of other racing games now that you own yeah. Codemasters. So <laughs> right. You got to say it's sort of a situation of their own making. Right. You know? <laughs> put put all the eggs into the into the Battlefield basket, and we'll see how that goes. But and uh, yeah, and next gen Battlefield. I mean, that we talked about Frostbite being a Battlefield that's a dice. It's built for this. So let's see what the next the next version of Frostbite can do on a uh, on a technical level. All right, we've got a little bit more time in this episode. I want to move now to the loot box. And if there's time, there's a there's a bonus loot box, but we'll see about that. Let me start here. Steve in Cleveland, who has yapped in before. We want to hear from Steve again. Uh, and this is this is quite the topic, so I will turn it over to Steve. What's up, friends? This is Steve from Cleveland, and I have a bit of a speculation question to throw your way. You guys have probably heard the rumor that Microsoft has another Bethesda-level acquisition set up in 2021, and I think the only privately owned company that fits that description is Valve. I think that move would make a ton of sense for Microsoft because they've already got a solid position in the console market, they're in position to be number one in the cloud gaming market, and this would immediately catapult them to being number one in the PC market, even if it costs $10 billion. So to you guys, on a scale of, Steve, you're crazy, get off of our show, to this could actually happen. Why don't you already work for us? What are the odds you think that Microsoft is thinking about this? And what would that mean for gamers? Well, Steve, uh, Steve shooting straight for the moon, Portal 2 style on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go Miranda's way first. What, what do you make of Steve's, uh, of Steve's thinking on that? Steve, you gave us this option. So I can just tell you you're crazy. <laughs> I don't see a world where Valve ever is acquired by anybody willingly like because they want to be acquired um i know they seem to really value their freedom um having a few people that i know who work at valve there's their structures just so strange and there's such an emphasis on them developing their own tech and like kind of being freeform with that and making games yes they do make games uh based off that tech that they have developed uh, i don't really see them ever wanting to be under an umbrella of anybody uh i, I think they are willing to play ball with other companies but not to ever be acquired uh it'd be quite weird if that ever happened 
Yeah, I'm Steve. I have to agree with Miranda. I'm going to go with to use your exact words, Steve. <laughs> Steve, you're crazy. Get off our show. But no, not really. <laughs> please, please feel free to yap back in again. Uh, we appreciate the call. But yeah, it's I don't see kind of building off of what Miranda said. I just don't see why Gabe Newell would ever sell. He's already a mega billionaire. Uh, he's already worked for Microsoft. That's how he made his money initially. He was on, oh, what was his, I think the Windows team. I think he was one of the really early, because it was, um, Excel was, uh, was uh, Ed Freeze. That was, he made, he made his name off of Excel. And I believe Gabe Newell was, was on the, on the Windows team. And he, of course, Retired from Microsoft, founded Valve with that money, and built Half-Life, and the rest is history. So uh, now I spoke to Gabe, in fact, one year ago, just in fact, just a tad over a year ago, right before quarantine started, right before the pandemic. I was up at Valve for an IGN first month of coverage on Half-Life Alex, and I got to sit down with Gabe for half an hour, and he is all about brain interface stuff. Like that's that's his uh, that's his passion right now is is researching that and what sort of that could do for gaming and other other purposes. And Gabe's got all the money now and freedom now, as Miranda said that he that he needs to do that. So I just don't know what benefit he would have from selling to Microsoft for more billions of dollars. So, however, Steve, I'll give you this: if it did happen, it would be. Possibly the biggest megaton in the history of the games industry, of Microsoft wholly acquiring Steam and and Valve. That would be that would oh be crazy. Uh, Cam? Yeah, yeah. No, there's no there's no way this is happening. There's no way this is happening. That'd be insane. Like they they have no reason to to sell the Microsoft or uh, like they they have, in in exactly what uh, you guys said earlier. Like they have like these. They want their freedom. They they want to be able to do whatever they want because like they can like release a game every once in a while, like, you know, way less than most developers and still just make bank because of Steam and everything else that they, and like now the Valve Index, it, it Dota just- Dota hats, sorry. It is, yeah, yeah, Dota, uh, Dota, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I definitely think that, um, I, I, don't, I don't like particularly have a developer, at least a Western developer in mind as to like, oh, this is like kind of be like a Bethesda level acquisition. But I definitely think that uh, Valve is not uh, one of those that are in consideration. Well, Brandon, we've we've already uh, politely beat up say. on poor Steve enough. So yeah, what, <laughs> do you have a thinking of you know if these rumors of another big acquisition are to come to fruition for Microsoft, who who might it be? Who makes sense? Nobody is there. Gabe doing what you? We, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> There is no reason for Valve to ever be owned by anybody that isn't Gabe Newell. And, you know, until that leadership team decides that they're going to call it quits, like I could see a world where Gabe retires, doesn't want to do what he's doing now, uh, turns the company over, and then they decide it's in the interest of the board or the ownership stake to sell to another company. But like, I don't ever see that happening. Steam is a distribution platform. It prints money, essentially, to Miranda's point, Dota hats. And what what Valve really is, is an R&D house. They create things that they want to see created. Like, it's it's like, they're like Elon Musk with restraint. 
you know, like <laughs> they can create whatever they want here on planet earth. Uh, and they've got all the money to do it. Why would you, why would you mess with that? That's what, that's what they want to do. And that's where they're doing it. So it's never going to happen until there's a leadership change at valve. And, um, I don't even really think anyone could afford them anyway. I'm sure Microsoft could spend the money to, to yeah, acquire them. Yeah. Uh, and you'd be getting a steam as a distribution platform for a first party would be an absolute game changer. Um, but you would also see a huge backlash from the PC community as well. So that's not a great idea uh, in my head. Um, so I just, I don't think this is ever going to happen, but I don't want to end on a negative note. So Steve, I love your home decor. It's very clean looking. Your living room is spotless. I think it looks really, really great. Well, Steve, I'll say, I'll bring up if, if my, if, there, if Microsoft does have another one, another acquisition up its sleeve, the one we talked about on this podcast that I think would make sense, at least on some level, again, I'm not a business guy. I don't know the intricacies of, of, uh, you know, how that could work, but Capcom, Capcom would be the one that would make the most sense to me. They've got a bunch of great IPs, great franchises. Microsoft has said they want to get more into Japanese, you know, do, doing more uh, partnerships and collaboration with Japanese game developers. So that could be a, uh, a one size fits all solution for Microsoft, at least. I don't know if Capcom would, would feel the same way, but we shall see. And they've partnered together before on obviously a much smaller scale with Dead Rising in the past. Dude, anyway. Yeah. So, sorry, Ryan, before, ahead. before we move on. Valve is wholly owned. It's a privately held company. It's wholly owned, uh, I believe, by two people, Gabe yeah. Newell and Scott Lynch. Its yeah. total equity is $10 billion. $10 billion. And Gabe Newell owns 50% of that. Yeah. So there's no reason to ever sell unless you want to get out of the game. You know, I'm no economist or business expert, so what I'm about to say may just be laughable to people that are, but in my head, uh, it seems like it, if, well, if Microsoft is, was willing, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say it's, something's worth whatever somebody wants to pay, but if Microsoft yeah. paid seven and a half billion for Bethesda and ZeniMax, I gotta think Valve would be worth way more than 10. <laughs> than yeah. What, yeah. Like, yeah. As you said, Steam, like Steam alone is just, plus you'd own the Half-Life IP, the Dota IP, the Portal IP. Like there are some really, the Team Fortress IP, you'd own some really impressive IPs in it. But those would be like the side dish yeah. to Steam. <laughs> the side yeah. dish. Anyway. Yeah, um, the, the the video game franchises themselves are not why you're buying the company. You're right. buying it for the hardware and the <laughs> software, source and filmmaker, and that is such a stacked company because yeah, all they do is research and development. Like you could, like Miranda said, their structure is so weird. You can just decide what you want to work on this year. Yeah, you know? that's how Half Life Alex eventually came around. Uh, if you watch Jeff Keighley's final hours, it's really really interesting. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Steve, for another excellent loot box entry. You really got the panel talking, which is the point of the segment. So I want to see and hear more Yappa questions, more loot box topics to participate. Again, you don't need a Yappa account if you don't want to make another account for another thing. You can log into Yappa with Discuss, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Google. And just go, if you just Google IGN Unlocked 484, you'll find this episode's page. Scroll down to the comments and right above that, right there, you'll see how to leave a Yappa comment and you can do it exactly as Steve has done. So leave us a Yappa video question and one of you will be featured on next week's show. And with that, 
Ah, yes, we are done. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, stay tuned on starting on Thursday for our Aliens Fireteam IGN first, starting with a big, nice, fat chunk of uncut gameplay. So stay tuned for that. Miranda? Mm, you can find me at Havoc Gross, and that's Havoc with a K. Also, BAM! Late show BAM! We haven't been doing the BAMs for We haven't been BAMing. Someone called us out on that on Twitter, and I apologize, and thank you for reminding us. Uh, I think I'm just going to... Maybe we just hide the BAM somewhere in the episode. Just, it's a surprise. It's a fun surprise. Uh, but other than that, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. And tonight I'm going to be finishing Psychonauts. So very excited about that. Fantastic. Cam? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CamFinalMix. And I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash CamFinalMix. And to my Witcher fans, I apologize for pronouncing Geralt, uh, G- Geralt wrong. Uh, so, yeah, because I, I didn't realize that until Brendan uh, pronounced it. I was like, oh, crap. I, I didn't want to say anything, dude. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I, no I, felt, I, was just I like, felt actual pain in my heart when I heard you. I'm not a Witcher. I haven't played The Witcher yet. I haven't played The Witcher yet. So please, like, Unlocked you fans sure? will be like, this guy's on Unlocked. He doesn't know what Oh, yeah, it's about. too like, late. They already left. The, as soon as you said it, they started yeah. typing on YouTube. That's. Uh... Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I hope the YouTube comments are less hostile towards me. Um, but. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Have um, so you yet. caught it in time. So there, we can we got the time code. Just you know, you you caught it. You're good. Honestly, right I feel. Take honestly, I feel like what, I'm 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 gonna get Mass Effect death threats. Yeah, I was gonna say like what you did with Mass Effect so. is way worse than what I did with The Witcher. <laughs> what's what's a, is he the lizard man? Oh my god, <laughs> IGN. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, my. My Do you not want to give out your Twitter around. handle now? Yeah, no, no. It's like some people like Skyrim, some people like Fallout, some people like Dragon Age, some people like Mass Effect. Uh, I'm, yeah, it's exactly. Fine. I'm a. Uh, it, what's funny, and for me, I'm I'm the opposite with those two. With Bethesda, yeah. I like the fantasy game and not the sci-fi game. And I don't, not that I don't like it, but I like Skyrim. I like Elder Scrolls way more. And I'm the opposite with Dragon Age and Mass Effect. I way love Mass Effect and not so much on the Dragon Age. Go figure. Yeah, I'm the same way. All right, um, let's so get yeah, out of here. Can, We're you done. Can, you can find me on Twitter at Destin Legary. Um, <laughs> make sure to drop all your your comments about my opinions on Mass Effect. So uh, yeah, because yeah, we know that Destin knows nothing about Mass Effect. He is clueless on that mm-hmm. franchise. He's never even played it. I think. <laughs> All right, the trophy speaks for it speaks for Brandon. For yeah. Brandon Tyrell, our Unlock Block 2020 trivia winner, along wow. with uh along with Cam Hawkins and Miranda Sanchez, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was the Palindromatic Unlocked 484. We'll see you guys next week. Welcome. You've got a digital folklore. Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can all... Hey, holy... Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? 
Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.